Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Oh wow, a week it has been. Um, we had both the MCO as well as the emergency. Uh, both were declared uh, this week. It's a crazy time in our country. Both, you know, um, you know, we we are affected by both the political um, situation, the political mess that we're facing right now. At the same time, um, with COVID, I think there's a lot of movements. Um, behind the scenes, uh, both by frontliners and politicians um, that affect the public life. Um, so I think there's a lot more scrutiny right now on how um, policymakers uh, do their job really on both the health front as well as um, the political front. So I think it's a very interesting time in our, in our country. Um, this will definitely be written in the history books, in the sejarah textbooks. Um, in school for you know the years to come our kids will be asking us about this time so it's really a historical moment um, for the entire country and I think there's a lot to learn and I guess today I'm just going to run through uh, what really happened in the, in the emergency as well as uh, the MCO so let's start with the MCO first I think this was already predicted for quite a while uh, when the cases have just not stopped climbing um, blame it on whoever you want, you know, I think, but we can all agree that um, post-Sabah elections, things worsened and never got better, right? It's really a fact that um, the, the constant, the, the increased movement of people really um, exponentially just um, increased the number of cases in Sabah first and then after that, you know, it spread around the entire country and I think the the policy that in allowed interstate travel <clears throat> for a while, that was also something that contributed to another spike in cases. Lah. So I think, you know, the public sentiment is not that great right now. Um, unfortunately, people are quite fed up that, you know, this actually could have been avoided, lah, right? Um, if not for... Um, certain big events like a political election or um, big movements of people to go and travel uh, when things were not really um, okay yet. Um, so I think a lot of people noted the the the, the humor in allowing interstate travel uh, when cases were in the thousands uh, versus the severe lockdown we faced when cases were only 200 cases a day uh, back in March and April. So there was you know just a big big difference on how. Um, policies were were enacted lah, um, f- during these two different time periods. So you know, I think uh, from from an outsider's point of view, I think this MCO is is long overdue. So everyone has to really try and stay home and make sure that there is no um, social interactions that could spike um, number of COVID cases again. I think we are all uh, second or third degree. Um, related or second third degree um, contact with somebody who has COVID already so you know it's it's it got a lot closer already so I think the MCO is, is a good um, is good timing I guess uh, but nevertheless I think on the business side this MCO is a lot more friendly to towards businesses I think uh, Miti came out with a list of all the businesses that were allowed to open and I think you know I think generally all are allowed to open um, restaurants are allowed to open as well, but they can only do takeaway. They can't. They don't allow dine in, which I think is, is very smart. But the only thing I, I find a bit strange is that they have to close at eight o'clock. So everyone has to order their dinner um, by via Grab Food 
or whatever delivery services by 7.30, 7.50 I think which is quite annoying because I don't think you know if they close later then COVID spikes more you know, because there's no one going to their shops anyway so I don't really understand that part but I guess they just want um, things everything to just close down by 8, 8pm right? they allow you to operate from morning till night but by 8 everyone has to be at home already <clears throat> so I think it's a uh, It's a lot more friendly towards businesses, so I think the economy is not going to get too much of a hit, which is good. Good for everybody, good for the market. And now let's move on to the emergency. Um, the emergency was um, called um, by the Agong as well as PM Tasrimuidin, and I think he announced on late Monday afternoon that um, the MCO was going to happen, and then the next, the Tuesday morning itself. Uh, emergency was uh, inst- uh, reinstated. Uh, sorry, not reinstated. Emergency was um, implemented. So um, it's it's interesting also as a, as a commentator, as somebody who was trying to an- analyze the whole situation. Uh, remember that the king had rejected the notion about two months ago, and um, and and uh, when Malaysia, I think there was an attempt by the government to to try and ask for emergency. Um, but now I think the king has realized that there's a lot of um, co- the, the, the COVID cases are just going crazy, and there's so much you know uncertainty. Um, so you know he decided to call for an emergency, um, and this also translates to um, better political stability. I think because you know if if there is no emergency, as you know, there's been a lot of talk about MPs pulling out this and that, coalitions being formed here and there. Um, so I guess it gives some stability to investors as well to see from the outside that at least there won't be any change in government or there is no need to call for elections until August or even earlier if the COVID um, thing has has subsided. So um, yeah, that, that's where it stands. You know, it's just um, quite a strange time now. I, I don't think anyone is really affected by the call of emergency because there is no curfew. Um, but I think on a political front, it, it's um, it's quite a move lah to say that okay, I'm going to suspend parliament. You got full power to the executives, um, executive federal government. So very very interesting. You know, I never lived through any of the emergencies before in Malaysia. So this is again something that I tell my kids. Okay, so now let's move on to um, the market. So we talk about um, lockdowns and all that. Now I'm going to focus more on banking. Um, a new lockdown could cast a shadow on banking prospects. And reading an article on the Edge, it's it's really interesting to see that um, banking stocks really have fallen off a cliff for a while. It has been undervalued for a long time, so there was a lot of value investors that were keen to have a look. Um, so Malaysia's reimposition of MCO last week really left a lot of people wondering if, if it will derail an anticipated strong recovery in the earnings of banks this year. I think everyone was expecting a strong recovery in earnings because um, you know there is no moratorium anymore. It's finished. Everyone just got on with life. But you know, I still think it's too soon to see um, to to know whether this MCO is going to only last for two weeks. I personally think it's going to be longer. It's going to be probably four to six weeks, and we'll see. Um, so I think a lot of um, analysts right now are just sticking to their projections. Um, but 
I think they're getting a bit more wary on the downside risk lah. Uh, because the second MCO like this will definitely um, affect loan growth, affect the overall economic recovery momentum. And also, you know, when when the economy is not doing well, banks' profitability also um, obviously don't do well. Not, not a lot of people are willing to take on loans. Not a lot of people are willing to um, really invest in bank stocks as well because they don't see a big earnings recovery. Um, I think um, if the are we going to see any disruption to um, debt servicing or not? Whether people will be able to pay back their loans, uh, the disruption to business activities. Uh, I think this time is a lot better. There's not so much disruption, so I don't think there's going to be severe problems for debt servicing. But I think. Um, for the individual, for the individual, might might face some problems. People who have lost their jobs, you know, in, you know, people who work in events, for example, or in sports, um, it's it's going to be tough for them to to find a job and and to pay their their personal loans, their car loans, their mortgages. So I think that could impact uh, banks' asset quality. So it's very sad to see. Um, but you know, anyone that's been affected, I do hope that you know you guys can. I mean, if really your company is just not getting any business right now, maybe it's time to pivot. This is a great time for you to find something else that's going to be more sustainable. Something completely different is fine. If you have no experience, you know, you should go out there and try to um, learn up a new skill and start from the bottom again. It's okay. You know, everyone has to pivot at some point. You know, it's not the best situation. Nobody wants this situation. But, you know, as long as you can do something different and do something that's... Um, gonna improve your cash flow and maybe you might find something else that you enjoy doing um, better than the thing that you were doing before so um, so there are going to be some concern on uh, whether there's going to be a further OPR cut overnight policy rate um, to cushion the impact on the lockdown any further cut to the OPR which already stands at a record low of 1.75% um, after the central bank cut the rate by a total of 125 basis points last year will be very very bad for the bank's uh, net interest margins so if we see a 25 bips cut uh, the lower banks uh, the bank's net profit will be lower this year by about 2% um, this is according to some analysts lah, on the edge so I think basically the, the main takeaway is that um, if Bank Negara cuts your PR um, it's gonna basically go for a meeting for this Wednesday it's their first monetary policy meeting. If they get cut, um, the banks are going to see severe, severe sell down, I think, um, in the market. So that's what I think. Um, if we also see more default risk, as there, may more, as there may be more borrowers whose income and cash flow are affected, um, I think we could also see, um, obviously, people getting out of the banks, lah, right? And... But then again, I think there's a lot of repayment assistance right now offered by banks compared to the first MCO. So I don't think default risk is going to be a big deal. It's more on the OPR cut. Um, the third thing is lower loan growth. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, I think it's going to be tough for, for people to apply for loans right now. Um, investors will think that you know the banks look undervalued at this at this point but there's still a lot of these very severe fundamental issues right so um for me if you ask me i wouldn't buy, pile my money into it yet um because i don't think that 
we were going to see a very very quick recovery at all uh, um, for, for the bank's earnings so i might j- just stay on the sidelines for this one okay so the next thing we're going to talk about let's talk a bit something more personal let's talk about you know how to maintain your mental health and how to stay sane lah, basically during mco um, i found that it was very useful to actually um catch up with friends uh, virtually through a video call so that you feel like you have some kind of social interaction i'll tell you guys a story where uh, i really felt um at the lowest point of my life really um, was when i actually got dengue um few years back i've never been admitted to a hospital before right this is the first time so i was admitted to um i was admitted to one of the private hospitals so it was okay i had insurance so the hospital itself was great it was nice very clean very good and friends visited and all that um but i had one of the worst experiences personally lah. and it wasn't the environment it was just the fact that i couldn't go out everyone else was doing their thing everyone was like busy getting stuff done but i was just trapped and i felt in prison like it was jail right that was the first time i felt like i was in jail in a nice jail lah. but still you know i couldn't go out i didn't leave the room for about four or five days and i was just incredibly bored um i felt trapped and at the same time i was suffering from dengue so you know i could have died <laughs> but i think the point is i just feel that without social interactions you know we are all social human beings right human beings are all social so we have to talk to people we have to interact you know you need to have that kind of back and forth um in order to really feel good really to feel like you are participating in 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 the world right participating in in social activities i think that's very very important and a lot of people don't realize that so a lot i know a lot of people claim to be uh, introverts and all that but i think end of the day they still need to talk to somebody you know regardless maybe not to strangers but more to their close friends their families it's very important to talk it's very important to let your feelings out i always feel better when i talk to people when i socialize and as of now obviously we can't do it face to face so you can always do it virtually you just you just got to find people and pester them to talk right and you feel good you feel like okay this is bearable this is something i can i can um you know bear with as long as i just make sure that um i, I just make sure that i don't be alone for too long right i need to talk to people i need to socialize so that's that's a quick tip so that's it for this episode you know stay sane guys and um just don't worry the cases will definitely go down and now with the mco but you know let's try to stay positive and let's try to just keep on working if you're working from home try to be as productive as possible this thing should be over soon the vaccine is coming already in february so let's see let's do a very very good job in breaking down the cases and then take the vaccines to kill it off once and for all <laughs>